0: 10, 5. A guy has a wall, it's next to his neighbor's backyard where he has his vegetable patch growing, and the wall falls into the vegetable patch of his friend. So the guy with the vegetable patch says to the guy who has the wall, clean up your mess, take those rocks, those bricks, whatever they are, out of my Garden, so I can keep on doing my vegetable patch thing. Vamalo Higi Ucha, and the guy who owns the wall says, Listen, those bricks are worth plenty of money. You can keep them and just, uh, I'm not interested in cleaning up. You can keep the mess and it's like you're the winner here. Ain Shomalo, we don't accept that claim. If the guy's wall fell into his neighbor's backyard, he has a responsibility to clean it up and he can't just give it to the neighbor and therefore be absolved of his liability, his responsibility. But that assumes that the neighbor with the, the garden didn't want uh, to accept his offer. But Misha Kibla, love, if the neighbor says, okay, fine, that's great, I needed some bricks, he'll keep them. If Amr Lo, if then the guy who had previously on the wall says to him, He lech v'ani etol he says, listen, here's money for your efforts, I'll cover your expenses for cleaning up that mess, but I'll take my bricks back, thank you very much, because, you know, he gets like FOMO, he doesn't want to lose after all. Ein shomulo. Too bad for him. We don't listen to him, the guy who used to own the wall but now lost it, because as soon as he said you can have the bricks, so then the neighbor may immediately by accepting that offer has like a Kenyan chatzer, His his property will acquire the bricks in his behalf. Now they belong 100% to the new owner, the guy who had the garden, and therefore the guy who had the wall can't get it back. Now a slightly different case: Has es apolah You have an employer who hires a guy. Um to clean up his field to collect the tevin and Kash, that's the straw and the stubble, whatever it is, that means the part of the the grain that doesn't have the actual kernels. Okay? And after the guy cleans up all the straw, the employee, says, Okay, give me my wages, please, And the employer says, Tol masha sisa The employer says, you know what? I'm not going to pay you, just you can keep all that straw. It's worth more than your wages anyways, and you can, you know, have a nice time with that. Ain't showmanlow, too bad. That's not an acceptable um, response. It's responsibility of the employer to pay the employee in cash. Now, this is a bit of a chiddish here. Just understand that normally, if you have a, a, if you owe someone money, you have a claim on them. So then the claim can be paid in metalton um, and fungible goods. So you could pay the guy in a gold bar. You could pay the guy in you know aluminum cans. He can take the recycler. If you give him the value of, of what the debt is, it doesn't matter if you're not paying in cash. You can pay it in kind, in stuff. However, that's not the case when it comes to a person's wages. An employee can expect and demand that he gets paid not in kind, not in stuff. He wants to get cash proper. So That's happening here. The employer tried to say just take the value of your wages in straw. The employee can say, no, I don't accept that, and the employer has to pay him in cash. Now, uh, if the employee accepts upon himself, okay, you know what? I'll accept the straw. It's worth more than the cash anyways. So then, now the employer realizes he made a bad trade. So he says, you know what? Forget it. Give me back my straw. And, you know, I'll give you the cash. In shomalo, too bad for him. It's too late. Now, let me speak this out for a second. It's too late only when the employee does a formal Maisek Kenyan, like he lifts up the straw or something like that, then it becomes his, the employee's, until he makes that a Kenyan by lifting it up, so it didn't become his. And therefore, the employer indeed could um, renege and, and and go back to paying him cash for his wages. Let us contrast that with the previous case. In the previous case, we, when we're talking about bricks that fell into the neighbor's garden, a person's property, like his garden, can make a Kenyan Chatzar, can acquire on his behalf without him doing any action. So therefore, immediately upon accepting the deal, the neighbor with the garden would own the bricks. But in our case here, the employee doesn't own the straw until he actually lifts it up. So before that, indeed, the employer could backtrack. But once the employee does his kenyan, too late. Now, new paragraph as if it's like a new mishnah. We want to discuss a person uh, making use of the rishus harabim, the public domain. So you think it was like, you know, some... No dirt road that's like between the village, which everyone has a right to pass on, and you know, people want to make use of it for their own personal use because you know they didn't have space necessarily. So, one of the things, and the first thing we're going to discuss here in the Mishnah is one of the things they used to do is people who had livestock would have an excess amount of fertilizer, they basically give the manure that came from the livestock to other farmers to use as fertilizer. So, that exchange would happen by like the person who had all the livestock would bring the manure out to the the dirt road, you know, the Mishnah the, Haram, and then the guy who wanted fertilizer would take it from there. So that's making use of the Mishnah harab because they're moving this manure through it. Is that allowed? So it says the Mishnah, it is allowed, but it's only allowed uh, for, like, immediate removal. So that means simultaneously or whatever, effectively, right away, the guy, they have to meet in the middle, and the guy bringing the manure can only put it in, in the public domain if the guy who wants the fertilizer can immediately make use of it and take it away. That's the mission it says here. Although the words are a little hard to understand, it says a zevel If one is transferring his manure into the public domain for collection by someone who needs fertilizer, hamotzi va So those words literally mean the one who takes out takes out, and the one who's fertilizing fertilizes. What that idiom means is it has to happen, you know, back to back, promptly. You can't just leave the manure out there for a while and take up space and cause a car accident or something like that. No, you can bring it out there, um, but it immediately has to be removed on the spot. Um, let me make something clear. This is telling you that you're allowed to make use of the Rosh Hashanah. Uh, however, if something would happen, like in other words, if someone's, right then someone's cow goes walking by and slips on the manure and gets injured, so of course, whoever is the current owner of the manure meaning the original owner, if it has been acquired yet, by the new guy, or the new guy wants to p- possession of it. So then, the, now the current biolum, the current owner of the manure, would be responsible for damages. So that you have to differentiate between having a right to use the public domain, which they have, and being responsible for damage that you cause, which they also have. They have both right and responsibility. Okay, now the mission says, what about um, processes that take a little bit longer than just handing off something? For example, it says, Ein shorin tit You can't leave clay to like you know i don't know what sit and become cement as it whatever does its thing in the rishasarab um the ain loven and you can't leave bricks out there to become bricks because it takes a lot of time and you're sucking up the and you have no right to do so so that's not allowed of a govlin tit you can make short usage of the public domain to essentially to knead up the clay to make it into cement of a low but you can't Use the public domain to make uh, bricks, even just with the mixing of the clay, because there's the amount of time it takes to make the bricks is a long time, and you can't take up space in around for so long a period. I, what happens if you're building construction that is exactly like you know on the? Uh, uh, adjoining the Rosh So you're not in the Rosh in terms of your construction, but you're building, let's say, a wall that like, basically is right next to the Rosh So obviously, you need to have to go into the Rosh to lay those bricks. You don't have to put your equipment, to put up your crane, whatever you're doing. That has to happen in the Rosh So is that okay? So the Mishnah says, if you're building, now the Mishnah literally means if you're building in the Rosh It doesn't mean that you're building a wall in the Rosh That you could never do, of course, because not yours. But you're standing in the Rosh to build that wall. Then, hamavi Avana, mavi Vabona, Bona. Kind of like the previous expression before of Hamozi, Moti, Va, It means you can bring the stones or the bricks, whatever they are, into Rosh Hashanah, but only if they're being immediately, promptly put into the wall. You can't leave the bricks there overnight and that kind of thing. So, hamavi Avana, Mevi, the guy's bringing the stones to build the wall, brings it, Vabona, Bona, and then they're built into the wall straight away. Vimhizik, even though you're allowed to be there for your the bricks temporarily, or in the previous case, the Mishnah, you're mixing cement, you're um, leaving the manure and so on. If you cause damage, Mishnah, Masha Mashahisik, you have to pay for the damages. Just because you're allowed to be there doesn't mean you're not responsible if something bad happens. Now Ramish Magamalil is gonna argue on two points. He's gonna argue on point number one, which is you actually if you're doing construction in the Rishnah Sarab, meaning you have to, you know, your your property is a just connect to the Trusseram. So then you actually can set up shop there with putting the bricks to so that to go in and, I don't know, bring your crane, whatever you have to do, um, for 30 days. That's one point. Not immediate, it could be 30 days sitting there. And the second thing he says is, whenever you have permission to be there, so then you're not responsible if something bad happens, if injuries occurred, um, because you say, I have the right to be here, we should look where you're going. Okay? That is his two points of contention. The words don't say that fully, they just say, he could even prepare his work for 30 days beforehand, meaning setting up the bricks and the crane, whatever the story is. doesn't mention explicitly that he's off the hook but in terms of liability, but he is, that's what the Gemara explains. Um, in all events, the halacha does not follow Reb Shem and uh meaning you cannot set up shop 30 days before in the public domain, and if you are even in the public domain for one minute, and you're allowed to be there, but in that one minute, someone trips over your stuff, has like a bore. Even though you're allowed to be there, you are fully liable to pay for the damages that your stuff causes.